What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks. I do have a media recommendation. I love Lord of the Rings. Superheroes, movies, a little jack-of-all-trades, I guess. So what makes me a geek? What is going on, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, your weekly pop culture podcast from Central Michigan Life, where we discuss all things geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. If this is your first time joining us, make sure you follow the CM Life Instagram and Twitter pages for updates on the podcast, and look for us wherever you find your podcasts, including YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on our website at www.cm-life.com. My name is Brendan Valentine, and I'd like to thank you all for joining me and my fellow co-hosts this week, who will introduce themselves in a second with our question of the week. This week's question is, if superheroes were real, and they were the heroes from the stories we all know and love, whose sidekick would you like to be? Uh, me, personally, I put a lot of thought into this. I'm like, I want to be the sidekick of a hero that, like, I, I think is, like, honorable, like, a, a hero I like. But also the sidekick of a hero whose sidekicks don't famously die. Um, <laughs> so the first one that popped in my head was the Flash. Uh, generally, it's the Flash himself that dies and not his sidekick. However, then the sidekick becomes the Flash, and then and then they become the one more likely. And to then die. the process repeats. And then the process repeats. Um, but then they do tend to come back. Um, so I feel like sidekick for the Flash wouldn't be awful, but also I think it'd be cool to be a sidekick for Thor. Um, like not to be as guardian, but like that would just be kind of cool. Cause then like, if I like am working with Thor, there's a point where I could become worthy of Mjolnir. Like yeah. if I'm like, start to like do a lot of Thor mirroring and like get some mentorship, then I could at one point wield the hammer. Um, so that was my thought process. What about y'all? Um, okay, no, those are those are both uh, really good answers. Um, my first thought, uh, well, my first thought was Batman, and then I and I thought against it just because Batman has a very strict uh, training regimen. Also, and... it's a requirement that you are an orphan. Yeah, an orphan. Uh, depending on the costume, pants are optional. Sometimes it's just <laughs> looks like underwear. Um, looking at you, Dick Grayson. But uh, then I, I was trying to think, I was like, maybe someone that is, is a good guy, but also is, I'm not going to be like, that will be nice to me. And then I thought about uh, John Jones, Martian Manhunter. Yo. I don't know if he, he he's not usually the sidekick type. Uh, he does have his niece, uh, right? Depending what? on the inner, Miss Martian is usually his niece. However, in the CW Supergirl show, Miss Martian is uh, his his. Uh, his girlfriend they're, nice. they're, she's usually she is usually a white martian in disguise but like they're either related or he just is, she's his adoptive niece and he just says she yeah. is so um and so i i think that'd be fun because a you'd probably get to travel the galaxy um he'd have to find a way to transport you with him because he can just fly in space um and also you'd probably go on a lot of like undercover stuff because he can shape he usually shape shifts and disguises himself and that'd be pretty fun and then my, my next one would be, I think it'd be really fun to be Spider-Man sidekick because he already is almost has like the side, like he has like the just graduated from being a sidekick mentality most of the time. And so he's usually like super chill with like younger heroes and stuff. And I think that would be a really enjoyable time. Like if I messed um, up, he wouldn't, he wouldn't like smack me and be like, 
you got to like look out, blah, blah, blah. He'd be like, oh, you're going to do better. You got this, bro. I, unless you fall from a tower, then I wouldn't, I would not love to be a Spider Man affiliated person. I get a jetpack. Hey, but so far that, that position has been primarily female. So, like, Isaac is kind of in the clear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but who, who's to say that this is solely gendered? Maybe, maybe it's just uh, Spider Man has a tendency to bring along his girlfriends to really dangerous missions, which is on Spider Man, to be honest. Like, to be fair, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man tried to have Gwen Stacy stay home, but she was like, nope, I'm coming with you. He should have just, like, just, right? like shot her to, Webbed like, the her wall. to a wall. Yeah. Yes, that's my thought. I was like, the moment he saw her there, he should have just been like, all right, put her in the corner and web her there and be like... Oh, yeah, cool. So the Green Goblin can just throw a bomb at her and she can't run away? Yeah. Only if he notices that she's there. He's the Green Goblin. Still. Yeah. Green Goblin is mostly focused on who he wants to fight. Fine, I'd put her in a trash can and then web the top. <laughs> but you gotta poke holes in it so she has breathing. <laughs> um, so, moving on from that. Hi, I'm Hope. Um, let's see. I... So, my first thought when you said, like, it, it's a nice here, I was like, oh, so he doesn't want us to be the sidekick of anyone from the boys um we could theory be homelander's sidekick i mean like <laughs> i i don't know if i'd have a good time but yep, yep. no um, i want to be black noir's sidekick that would actually be fun maybe <laughs> um but so then i was thinking along the lines of the morally gray character and i think i'd like to be Loki's sidekick oh, or uh, Drugs, Drugs, uh sidekick from Eternals. Um, I don't know if Bucky fully has like status to have a sidekick yet. Um, but then like if it was main hero, I, I kind of uh Lady Sif. I would oh. love to be her sidekick. Yeah, just I just carry her her sword and shield for her. Yeah. Are like you going, my lady? Yes. Well, like, she'd train you, too. So, like, yeah. I get to uh, learn sword fighting. I could talk to her about how it feels to be, like, the only one of Thor's original friends that's still alive. Oof. Is she still? Oh, that's right. She is. She Because the Warriors 3 died in Ragnarok. Yeah. Yep. Broke my heart. Yep. Huh. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Because then she'd also protect me instead of any of Thor's other friends, you know. Yeah. Well, the Warriors 3 aren't bad, but like... Not bad at fighting Hela, that's for sure. Yeah, but Lady Sif, I don't know if she would have beaten Hela. She just wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually uh, because I think of it was an acting... Uh, like, she had another movie she conflict, was filming at the yeah. time. Yeah. Which, if that's all it takes to save your character from dying... I think it was the show Blind Spot that she was on. I think you're correct, actually. Yeah. Well, fun. Perfect. Well, thank you both very much. Now, to get things started, we always like to share some quick geek news uh, from the Geekiverse, uh, just to keep our, our, our fans and friends and family and other fellows updated. Uh, so, either of you, have you got anything fun, geeky, spontaneous, awesome for us today? I have something geeky and spontaneous, maybe not too spontaneous. Um, so, uh, for those who like Dungeons and Dragons, and or you don't have to like Dungeons and Dragons to like Critical Role, but Critical Role is a is a pretty famous uh, 
D&D campaign that has been, they, they film it and it is a bunch of famous voice actors are the ones that are like, they were friends and they started it at home and then they started filming it. Uh, and it's got Matt Mercer, it's got all these other actors, Liam O'Brien, Sam Regal. Uh, any, any of these, all these actors have played tons of heroes and superheroes on uh, any animated thing and video games. Uh, but uh, in case you didn't know, they are releasing uh, The Legend of Vox Machina, which is an animated TV series based on their first campaign. It's coming out on Amazon. And they just released uh, a video today of the cast list for most of the characters. Because originally it was one guy, Matt Mercer, uh, known for playing like McCree in uh, uh, Overwatch and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, but originally, like him being the DM, he played the voices for every single character that they interacted with, except for the main players. But they were like, we actually really wanted to get a bunch of other actors. And so they released this huge list and video about it. And um, they have people like, let's see, they got Stephanie Beatriz from Ooh. like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, she's going to play- And Encanto. And Encanto, yeah. yeah. She's going to play- And In the Heights. And In the Heights. She's going to play a character named uh, Lady Kima, who if you watched season one of Critical Role, uh, of them campaign one I mean a critical role uh she's this pretty badass uh, halfling lady uh they got Dominic Monaghan who played the uh the Hobbit Mary he was also uh Charlie and Lost um and they also got uh David Tennant to play a character named General Creek they have a bunch of people they have uh a bunch of actors and stuff that have all been tons of Greg Griffin I'm pretty sure Greg Griffin is the actress that plays uh Vicky from oh yes she does so much so much she's and like her little clip in videos like i always play villains and i'm fine with playing another one isn't she she's also azula in after the last airbender yes she's got like the perfect voice Mm yeah so yeah there's just a bunch of actors and i'm really excited for that because i've watched matt mercer physically like portray all these characters and it's nice for you know female actors to play female characters and other stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah Instead of Matt Mercer just being Instead everyone. Matt Mercer, which I love. He does a great job no matter what. He oh, really gets it. But like getting, it, it's it's nice it, and it's impressive when you have one voice actor doing multiple roles, but it's really fun when you get a lot of like people that you wouldn't expect coming together to voice these. Yes. It's just a fun experience. Yeah, Stephanie Beatrice surprised me the most. I'm like, what are you doing here? Um, but. Do you have a favorite voice actor? Just like, oh, I should have saved that for another question of the week, but. Oh, man. Um. Like when you hear their voice, you're like, "This is gonna be a good character." There, oh man, there's so many. I I notice now a lot of the people from from uh, Critical Role because they're in other stuff. Uh, like Laura Bailey plays uh, Serena Serana in Skyrim, um, the vampire, but she also plays. I I was playing Sims Medieval, and she plays one of the Sims voices in that. And it's funny because they speak Sim, so she's just going like "Gr Balu, Babu Nabu," <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait, that's that's Laura Bailey." Um, I don't know if I could pick just one right now. There's so many good ones. I uh, mean, if I can pick a super like main mainstream one, I mean, I guess not mainstream, but he's not always known for his voice acting. But um, it's gotta be. Why am I blanking right now? I have the name. Mark just, Hamill. Mark Hamill. Oh, Mark yes. Hamill. Yes. Mark Hamill, the Joker. Uh, Fire Lord Ozai. Yeah, um, yep. Trickster in Flash. Uh, Skips in regular show. Yes. Um, heck, Darth Bane in Clone Wars. If you didn't know that, 
Um, that was fun. Uh, but also, I really like Matt Ryan. Um, he's on screen. He's known for Constantine in the DC shows, uh, the CW shows. But he yeah. also, my favorite role of his voice acting, he played Edward Kenway in Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so that was really fun. Um, what is it? Nolan North is the dude that plays like every action hero video game guy. Is that the guy who voiced Desmond? Because he's also in a lot. Probably. Uh, uh, but um, I also once had a, a picture with uh, Nolan North. Yeah. Billy West. It is. Mm-hmm. Look at that. But uh, Billy West, who played Fry in Futurama and played the professor, I have a picture of myself with him that I took at Comic-Con. Um, anyways, uh, geek news. Um, or, Hope, do you have a favorite voice actor? I mean... I don't... It's been a while since I've watched, like, animated things, so I'm just gonna go with Mark Hamill for right now, because uh, that's the only way I can That's think an of. easy one. <laughs> Punch in your answer. Woo. Cool. All right, so is that me for Geek News? Or, because I, I have a few things, but I don't think I'm going to beat out Hope today. Um, first first things first, um, as you all know, I'm obsessed with Pokemon Legends Arceus. It's going to be the game that changes our generation. Um, uh, most of the game, or not most of the game, but a lot of the game has been leaked now. A couple of people got early access to the game and released on yeah. the internet. And we got a lot of like first looks at a lot of new Pokemon sprites. Some are uh, terrifying. Some are terrifying. Um, a lot of people are like, ew, these are ugly, I don't like them. But like, I don't know, this is supposed to be the ancient Pokemon world, like, Pokemon, not, like, evolution, like, from Charmander to Charmeleon, but, like, you know, the change, like, Ad- Darwinian Ad- evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, haven't haven't finished yet. Pulkia. I don't know what they're doing to Polkia. Uh, uh, people hate it, honestly. I love it, because it's, like, if Polkia went on RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. um, is how I see it. They're, like, like, centaurs. In, it's weird. I think it's so cool. Um, I, I think, think that cool. I think that also might mean we get a different form for Arceus. Um, which I think would be also very cool, but also um, Hisui and Typhlosion, Hisui and Samurott, and Hisui yeah. and uh, uh, Decidueye. so chill. Dude, Typhlosion looks like he's baked. I, like. Said, <laughs> I saw a thing and they said um, it's like people always complain that the 3D like uh, you know, figure for Typhlosion isn't uh, blazed enough, like his fire's not on, and they're like, oh, we'll make him blazed alright. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that leak, um, also, I haven't seen anything yet, but um, I was talking actually with the editor of uh, the podcast, Mike Gonzalez, today, and uh, the uh, the player, like, Pokemon trainer versus Pokemon trainer battles are supposed to be, like, changing as well as the the wild encounters. So um, we, I, didn't, I haven't seen anything, like, too detailed, but I'm also really excited for that. So lots of leaks. Um, you can find it. Uh, Nintendo's been trying to take a lot of them down, but the images are out there. You can find them online. I'm sure, heck, if you're on TikTok, you can find them. Um, but also, um, uh, where did it go? Oh, sorry. Looking at my list. Uh, the flash movie is getting a comic book prequel, um, series that is like leading up to the movie, um, confirmed on the cover. We're getting Ben Affleck's Batman, um, which has been confirmed to be in the movie, but like the, it looks like the storyline is he's mentoring, uh, Ezra Miller's flash on how to take down Girder, which was a, um, a villain who was uh, introduced in like a relatively recent, I think like early 2000s uh, run of the flash, but um, I think was portrayed on screen in arrow uh, or maybe flash first and then arrow. 
um, on the CW. So um, it's a three-part comic book series, one releasing every month leading to the November release date. So starting in August or September, uh, we will be getting um, some Flash comics related directly to the movie. So some extra, extra details about the DCEU. Um, and then finally, today we got an official gameplay trailer of Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Woo! Oh my gosh, um, I'm talking a lot about Pokemon Legends Arceus, but this will probably also be, this will be a very close second for best game of the year. Um, so just to, just to give a little overview of what is mentioned in the gameplay trailer, you can start in the first movie of any of the trilogies. So you can start at Phantom Menace, you can start at A New Hope, you can start at Force Awakens. Um, the gameplay itself, um, it looks like it will go beyond just like story missions and a lot of like previous Lego games, especially the Lego Star Wars games, you're kind of stuck. You can be in most likely Cantina or you can be on a mission. And that's kind of it. There's not really an open world. They introduced that a little bit in like some of the newer Lego games, like uh, Lego, Lego Marvel Super Heroes and Lego Batman 3 had a, kind of this open world concept. But the way it looks in this game is you have a whole galaxy map and can travel to individual planets that you unlock by doing the story missions. And once you finish the story missions, it's like, okay, there's like there's even side quests, it seems, in um, the open world concept. So while there was an open world, like you could travel like New York City in Lego Marvel Superheroes, this seems like you have a lot more opportunity. It almost looks like a Lego RPG. I'm okay with like, that. It, it, it's not quite Skyrim level, I don't think, in terms of size, but like it, it looks like it's mimicking the whole idea of like, well, you could do the main mission or you can just screw around with side quests for a okay. while. Um, and like, it's a big enough game that that will take you a bit. Um, there's also, uh, like an official, like duck and cover, like you can cover behind things as a player with a blaster. And there's this true aim mechanic. It's not just shoot and hope it goes in the general oh. direction, um, which includes a headshot mechanic. So like you will see like the stormtroopers and, uh, droids react to where you shoot them. Um, so like it, it looks like a pretty involved game and if it's really like this at release this in-depth as they're making it seem in this trailer I'm, I'm happy they took the two years to delay the game to upgrade it to this so we'll be getting this at release um, uh, there's also going to be in-space dogfights on your way to planets so you'll be able to unlock ships and do things like that so it's not just the planets but also there's an open world kind of in space um, there's uh, like I said there's more than just a story mode it seems like um, you can go back and forth between story and that. There's over 300 unlockable characters uh, with more unlockable with like a pre-order or deluxe edition. Oh. And potentially, they didn't say this in the trailer, but there might be DLC because there's been rumors that they will in include the stories told in Rogue One and Solo. Okay. Potentially also Mandalorian. Um, I'm hoping because there was the Lego Star Wars 3, the Clone Wars that was modeled after the series. Um I'm hoping they might add that in there or might have elements of that. Like there's, it goes beyond the movies. Like there was a clip in the trailer of like Mace Windu on uh, killing like Geonosians on um, what's it called? Geonosis in yeah. um, like in attack of the clones that like doesn't look like an area of Geonosis we were in before. So it could be that. Um, but uh, we also got, from this trailer, an official release date of April 5th, 2022. So it's not far away. Yeah, not Very at all. Um, however, the most exciting news from this is that LEGO was, seems to be going back to its old roots um, with a new mode, because a lot of people get like upset, like got upset that the LEGO minifigures in the game started to talk, because it used to just be the, you know, the mumble, like, 
yeah. wub, there will be a mumble mode in the game that allows you to take the dialogue out and just play with the mumbles. Interesting. Which is, is very fun for someone who played the old Lego games. Yeah. I so, because I mean, yeah, oh, that's beautiful. Uh, I, I, they, they show the the Luke, I'm your father clip in the mumble <laughs> mode. Um, oh, and it, it's it's gold. You got to go watch the trailer on YouTube. Um, like uh, the, it's when he says Luke, I'm your father. It's, and then Luke just goes, and then just <laughs> himself off. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. All right. Hope. So, yeah. Um, well, first off, I'm surprised that Isaac didn't take this one since I sent him well, I, the link. I thought, I thought you might say it. That's why. That's why. No, you are the Lord of the Rings person, not I... me. Did you hear that, Isaac? You are the Lord of the Rings. Hey. I said person. <laughs> I'm Sauron. Spoiler. He's the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Not Frodo. Um. Anyway, for those of you who are keeping track of the Lord of the Rings Amazon uh, series, it has an official title and a release date now. The official titer- title is The Rings of Power, and it'll premiere on September 2nd, 2022. Um, it says, Three Rings for the Elven Kings Under the Sky, the studio teased in its announcement video. Seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone, nine for mortal men doomed to die, one for the dark lord on his dark throne in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea what that means. Is Lord of the Rings in public domain? Or not yet. Not yet. How much longer do we have for that? Um, well, it depends on if they renew the copyright stuff too. I mean, there's a point where you can't. Like things that, like this year, Winnie the Pooh and H.P. Lovecraft's stuff enter um, public domain. It goes into the public domain January 1st, 2050. No, it's really that far away? Oh, I thought it would be like 10 years max. No, Darn it. I think, I think, because, well, it, it, it came out 1954 was when the, the book was oh, written. So, I'm, so Hobbit was a little bit before that. So maybe we can do like, hmm. I don't know how copyright works, but that'd be let fun. Me, let me take a look. Uh, Hobbit. Twenty thirty two. Twenty thirty two. There we go. Oh, hello. Although um, you know, people are throwing around the the like marketing license for it. Like that's mm-hmm. why Amazon's making it now. So. Yeah. Well, they still right. have exclusive rights. Uh, so my next bit of geek news is Batman's reported runtime shows that it will be the longest Batman movie ever at coming under just under three hours long at two hours and 55 minutes. Are you kidding me? Nope. Wow. That's longer than Endgame. Yep. I'm Wait, waiting to is see it longer than it Endgame? Down. Isn't Endgame like 250 or something like that? It's close. I don't think it hits the three hour mark, but. No. But I know that Endgame was originally going to be like four hours, so. Well, Multiverse of Madness is supposedly supposed to hit the three-hour mark, so. Yeah. So we're getting there. Um, Damn. Mo- movies movies are going to be ruined because they're just trying to make them too long. Mm-hmm. I can't, like, I, I'm pushing it to hold it in for Endgame. I don't know. I like, mean, I Lord have... of the Rings 
extended edition is like three hours something something or other but was the extended edition released in theaters fine theatrical edition let me take a look is is like 230 right Uh, uh it was oh no avengers endgame was three hours and two minutes yeah okay so that's about as far as i can go avengers endgame is is i can do three hours but then i really have to pee <laughs> i mean i usually have to about halfway through the movie so i would you think they'll start making movies like that like intentionally like halfway through the movie like there's just gonna be a point like where there's like a commercial break so people can pee. Maybe. Like they used to. I was gonna say, didn't they used to do that? But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see as they decide whether or not to make movies super long again or not. Mm-hmm. Um, for the next bit of geek news, Daniel Radcliffe is gonna be playing Weird Al Yankovic in a uh, biopic of Weird Al Yankovic titled Weird. The Al Yankovic story. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited for that because Daniel Radcliffe is awesome. And like there was a side-by-side comparison of Daniel Radcliffe and Weird Al Yankovic. And I was like, I see it. I see the similarities. I was like, are you sure you're not related? <laughs> um, and then in Disney news, uh, what is it? Let it go has been replaced as the uh highest charting disney animated song uh it has been replaced by encantos we don't talk about bruno which is also disney's highest charting song since 1995 and do you know what was the song in 1995 i didn't look i just saw i know their highest charting song ever is a whole new world yeah from Uh, aladdin Um, and then Can You Feel the Love Tonight I think was what it was in 95 I think you're right yep by Elton John Uh, it says You've Got a Friend in Me was Toy Story 1995 oh okay that also makes Uh, sense let's see so Wow, thank you for telling me 1995. That's what we were trying to figure out. Um, a Whole New World um, hit number one in 1993. Elton John's Can You Feel the Love Tonight uh, was 1994. And Pocahontas' soundtrack, Colors of the Wind, uh, reached number four in 1995. Got it. So it's Pocahontas that actually it just beat out. Um, and then my final bit of geek news, because we need to honor her memory, um, our American queen, Betty White. It was her birthday uh, just three days ago when we were recording this on the 17th. And in honor of Betty White, there was the hashtag Betty White challenge um, in which people were challenged to donate like at most or like if you could five dollars to an animal charity or foundation um so the orlando animal shelter received fifty thousand dollars in donations um and then the michigan animal rescue league or marl uh received 17 over seventeen thousand dollars in donations in honor of betty white's birthday 
Um, and then also, I know that there was a penguin, baby penguin. I don't remember which zoo it was born at, um, but it is named Rose after her character um, oh. on Golden Girls. And then there was a baby giraffe born on her birthday. And I don't know if they're naming it anything to do with her. Um, but, and I think that was the San Diego Zoo was the giraffe. But so, yeah, animals are benefiting right now because of Betty White's generosity and love for them during her lifetime is continuing on through people who love her and miss her. And yeah, I think that's really cool. Awesome. That's all my geek news. Oh, thank you very much, Hope. Now, let us let us get on to our, our major topic of the day. Uh, for those of you who have not been living under a rock for the past month or so, uh, Marvel finished out their, their cinematic year strong with Spider-Man No Way Home back in, uh, back in December. Um, all of us have seen it. Um, and if you haven't seen it, um, I would say spoilers, but uh, there were already spoilers with Hope's background if you're watching on video. So um, spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home and really any of the Marvel projects uh, from 2021 and before uh because that that is what we uh, kind of wanted to focus on because we never because we were on break we never really got to uh focus on no way home uh so we're gonna give our thoughts on it now and really uh all of 2021 because like i've said it before looking back at 2021 i call it the year of marvel because it is the year we've gotten the most marvel content um after 2020 which we got no marvel content um <laughs> so um uh first things first that that statement the year of marvel um i was looking through like what marvel released in every year and obviously like content wise like in terms of quantity um 2021 is is clearly the winner the closest um that it came before that was 2018 and 2017 tied well and 2019 tied with three movies each so even if we don't count the shows 2021 beats it out because they had four films so do you think 2021 is the best marvel year it's not just because of the quantity but also like because of that or do you think there is a better year um i will put up as contenders um 2017 uh which was spider-man homecoming um thor ragnarok and the movie that came in between them um I had it pulled up. I didn't realize that Marvel had a movie called the movie that was in between them. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Thor Ragnarok, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 uh, is 2017. That came before Spider-Man Homecoming. And then 2018 was Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, and Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'll put those up as contenders, but I want to see what y'all think. I personally, oh, I don't know. I like I think Homecoming and Ragnarok were strong especially Ragnarok um but I think like if we're including the shows like I think WandaVision was a really strong show um I think both Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki would have been a lot stronger had they been able to finish because of the pandemic um but then also Shang-Chi and uh no way home like those were super strong both of them together so i'm going with 2021 was their best year um what about you isaac um 
I did really like the year of Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy 2 because those are just some of my favorite Marvel movies of all time. Um, but I do like just the all of, I'm not to sound like a broken record with you guys, but I did like 2021. I liked that we got so many different things and it gave me something to look forward to after each one. I was like, all right, like the next one's just around the corner. And then it was like the next one's just around the corner. Um, and that was really nice instead of having to wait like all year for stuff. Mm-hmm. Although the year of Endgame was, was pretty awesome too. 2019. I only reason I didn't put that up there is because there's a lot of critics of both Captain Marvel and Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which also, I weirdly on my TikTok have been getting quite a bit of Endgame slander recently. Like I, people like ranking the MCU and putting like Endgame in the bottom five. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm I like, like uh, Infinity War was so good. And well, that, that's the thing. Endgame was like, oh my gosh. And Endgame, I still feel is like undisputably as not, not like as a film, but as the best piece of Marvel media is Endgame. Like, it's like if you followed all the movies and got to that point, that was so exciting. Even if like, despite the plot holes, despite like some, like people didn't like love all of the character arcs. It's the culmination of like this whole decade of just a lot of effort put in by people. And I feel like you can argue with me on this one too, but like, I feel like Endgame is like the pinnacle of MCU. At least, like, that whole phase, everything that came before it. Um, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get something like that again. I think but. it'll depend on if we get a movie that's, like, the first Avengers that set up the team. Because, mm-hmm. like, right now we've mostly been individual movies and, like, individual characters. But, and we've teased teams or, like, bringing them together as a team. But we haven't actually had that movie yet. And so I think it'll depend on the next team Avengers movie and what happens with that will depend on if we get another Endgame type film in the MCU or not. Um, because it was de- Endgame was definitely like, let's finish off these characters and continue on to the new ones and like show off the new ones. And also like the state in Endgame was like so high too like the Mm -hmm. fact that half of the universe was gone and then you're like they got that back it's so it's like what are they going to do with like Kang or or whoever the next I mean Galactus is a pretty big threat that they could all come together for but I've heard giving given Eternals their next the next like big like universal threat would be a celestial war like either a war against the Celestials or a war between Celestials that the Avengers get dragged into. Okay. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's really, really, really big. Um, I don't know if I, that might be too big. Because I think, like you said, Hope, like we can't reset back to that like original team thing. Um, like I would, I would have put 2012 in as a contender, but the only film that released that year was Avengers. And if I'm going by how I felt at the end of the year, not knowing what was coming next. I like, I'd probably, um, I might put either 2017 or 2012, um, mm-hmm. maybe even 2014, because Guardians of the Galaxy and Winter Soldier came out that year. I was like, wow, this is really good. I'm so hyped. This, like, this, is, this is like the best it's ever gonna get. And at this point, like, I'm like, I just expect greatness for Marvel, which is dangerous. But yeah, so Marvel, 
I'd say, yeah, absolutely. 2021, even if we're taking away like the, heck, if we take away the shows, which other years didn't have, and take away the idea of like pure quantity, I did really like 2021. Black Widow was a good like origin story for Widow. Um, Shang-Chi was really good, like just to introduce that character into the universe and was good as a solo film. And if you've watched our episode on Eternals, you know that I think Eternals is one of the best Marvel movies ever made. Um, um, however, I think the best movie of the year and another like Avengers Endgame level movie is Spider-Man No Way Home. Best movie of the trilogy, <laughs> arguably one of the best Spider-Man movies ever made. Um, what were you guys' reactions? What did you like the most about about Endgame? I know there, there's the classic scenes, but was there any like little like details, things you liked the most, little niche um... things? niche things i liked the most all every scene with charlie cox's daredevil <laughs> so the one yeah. scene yeah yeah um i was with a group of people that didn't know that he was uh that he was daredevil and he pops up on screen and i was like oh no way i was not ex- I, like i was not expecting him to show up especially not that early if he was going to um and then i was like no way they did this and then people were like why who's that i'm like oh that's daredevil they're like what and then he kept he, like he catches the brick and then like, he caught the brick oh my gosh i was the only one that like screamed in the theater i know i was i saw it two days after release so i didn't get the big screaming crowds but i did get a couple people that were like yo that's daredevil i'm a really good lawyer. i'm a really good lawyer I think the best thing about that scene was just like everyone's face and reaction to him catching it was like so perfect because like it looked like the actors themselves forgot that he wasn't actually or that you know he wasn't actually blind the actor wasn't actually blind they were like had that great of reactions but I think Tom Holland's was best because he's just like wait what's going on because he was about to do it he was yeah yeah the fun part about that that I didn't remember is John Favreau was actually in the 2004 Daredevil movie as Foggy um, with Nelson as Foggy Nelson with Ben Affleck. So I was like, oh, I like I think that's funny that the new Daredevil and like the character from the old one or the actor that played you know an important character in in Daredevil's mythos like interacted on screen. I thought that was fun. I I think my favorite part was. Um, when they were in the lab creating like the the traps or like cures for all the villains and ned just goes peter and they're all just like which one and then he's like trying to figure out how to say and i'm like okay how many times did he say like the actual actor's name or something like to try and say it but also my dad realized that uh Toby McGuire is the only American to play Spider-Man out of those three. He is also the only one uh, with blue eyes, and well, and the uh, you know the web actually shoots out of his arms. But I will not say what TikTok calls that. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I can say it on the pod. Uh, But I really, I also like that TikTok. I think the other part that was my favorite was when uh, they were asking like, oh, have you ever, what was it? It was Web, uh, 
web blocked or something like that. Where, I have like, forgotten like a web blockage. Oh yeah. 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 Or, or, and then uh, Peter One's uh, line like, does it ever come out of anywhere else? <laughs> <laughs> also, the line of Andrew Garfield saying, I love you guys, was yeah. totally improvised. It was improv, like, yeah. Was it wasn't scripted. And, and they, I was just like, They didn't ah. reciprocate it. They just said, thank you. Thanks. Oh, oh I love man. that. Um, I, I, oh, go for it, Isaac. Okay, so I, I was definitely one of those people that um, when the Andrew Garfield movies came out, I like didn't enjoy them out of spite. I was like, oh, I'm not a fan of these, blah, blah, blah. I'm all for Tobey Maguire um because that's what I grew, you know I grew up on that um we all did um and then it, it actually took a few years after those movies where I actually really started to appreciate Andrew Garfield um like the social network uh uh Dunkirk not Dunkirk uh Hexall Ridge uh the movie Silence um and I like love Andrew Garfield now and it was so he did such a good job in this movie and like oh, you, I I love him as Spider-Man because yeah. he's so quippy. Like that, the the scene in the first movie where he's like messing with the robber, like in the back of the cop car, and then he webs him, like he webs him in the in the crotch. Um, like I I love the Tobey Maguire movies, but like I I preferred the Andrew Garfield movies, also mainly because of the comic book stories they pulled from. Like Death of Gwen Stacy is one of my favorite Spider-Man comics. It's not one of my favorites, like in the sense that I like to watch Gwen Stacy die, but like that's that was historically really important and a really heavy hitter. So yeah. Um, and then Alfred Molina, like he was always like Spider-Man Two of the Tobey Maguire movies was the best one, and I always liked him. Like in that movie originally, like in the end, he's like, "I'm not gonna die a monster," and he like willingly takes it down. He did such a good job in this movie. And I just, like, loved... I uh. I love the fact that, like, there was that moment um, that everyone thought he was turning villain, and then he was good again. But then everyone thought he was turning villain again because he was like, the power of the sun right in yeah. the palm of your hand. And you're just like, don't know <clears throat> that. Don't do that. It's like, okay, so for those of you who are listening on audio, both Cat, uh, both Hope and I have had a cat in our lap in this episode. Um, so it's like, it's like with cats, um, you know, you tell them, you see them about to do something, you're like, no, and then they look at you and you're like, no, and they're, and they're like, okay, not right now. But yeah, my, my cat Loki in the Christmas tree, he knows not to go yeah. under it, but he'll oh. still go there. And I'm like, Loki, because we have a spray bottle. Yep. And it's funny because my sister's cat hisses at the spray bottle. But Loki, you just have to get up and he runs down the hallway. He's like, nope, not today. That's my cat. Uh, she's allowed to go under the tree. She's just not allowed to knock off the ornaments. Um, or I'll spray her. And But she's so like, I'll spray her and she'll just like turn and look at me. And I'm <laughs> like, you're not even affected. Um, I have to figure out what to do with, with our cat. Because um, I'm doing a puzzle right now. And she really likes oh. to get up onto the table and dig through the puzzle pieces, which is fine until I wake up in the morning and there's like six on the floor. Um, yeah. Tin we, foil? We, we put a... Like I a tried blanket. that. It doesn't face her. We put a blanket over top of the puzzle. That might work. Um, Double-sided oh. sticky tape, too. Oh, that's a... Yeah. That's a bit we have that all over... Because my house still has an entertainment unit. And that's where my fish tank is sitting on top of, along with the TV. But um, 
my sister's youngest cat will try to go next to the fish tank still. So we put double sided sticky tape and we know when he's tried to go up there because there's little clumps of fur. Um, also with Alfred Molina, Doc Ock, I keep seeing the video and every time I see it pop up on like a, like a, a video or something, I have to watch it through, but it's just, it goes when it's, it shows him and Tobey Maguire in the second one when he's like, they heard you were brilliant. And they also told me you were lazy. And then he goes, I'm trying to do better. And then in this one, when Doc Ock finally sees Toby, he's like, you're all grown up. How are you? And he goes, trying to do better. And it's like, oh. I love all those little line references. Those are awesome. Um, All the memes they referred to. Something of a scientist myself. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Also, so not just Alfred Molina, but William Defoe. That's like, my little thing. His, his yep. acting of just being able to go between the two, just completely flip the switch. And like you knew who was which. Was, Whether it was Norman uh, or Goblin. Yeah, because yeah. he so it was good. Just, Norman's on sabbatical, honey. I love that line. Oh, when Peter was having spidey senses and he didn't yes. know from who. Yeah. Oh. But then he like looked and like was finally able because it wasn't it uh Doc Ock that was like what is it Peter and he's like yeah. it's you it's but and yeah that was that was one of my favorite things was the Green Goblin um I thought going in that obviously Alfred Molina did a great job but I thought he was gonna steal the show but honestly I think Willem Dafoe got it yeah no Willem Dafoe was amazing um but one of the things that I appreciated that. I feel like not everyone would get was all the weird like um like technical references to the Spider-Man PS4 game. Um like some of the moves that Tom Holland did were like pulled from the game like where um when they're fighting in Happy's apartment and uh like he like jumps above Green Goblin, shoots the webs at the ground and then pulls himself into like to like take him down. Um, that was a move pulled from the game. Obviously, that's probably been done before, but that's where I know it from. And then the end sequence where he has his new um, costume on the rooftop is also mirrors the one of the um, cutscenes from the Spider-Man PS4 game. Yeah. So I really like those details because it. I mean, this movie was truly like bringing the best of like the past, you know, the you know video media age of Spider-Man. Um, so you know, getting all the different Spider-Man, getting all the all the villains together. But also, they brought in a reference to Into the Spider-Verse with Miles Morales, with uh, <laughs> Electro at the end going, you know, you're nice enough and like you're handsome, you're pretty, but like, come on, I thought you would be a black kid, and I was like, yes, Miles Morales, yes! I, it's potential out there. Um, yeah, yeah. I also like could have been in there, you know. I mean, because they stopped asking for Peter Parker or Spider-Man yeah. after two. They're like, I guess we're just not going to do this anymore. So there's there's a potential that there were more Peters and more, heck, more Spider-Men. Because, um, uh, like, My- Miles would have known in, like, the Into the Spider-Verse universe that yeah. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. More Aunt Mays just showed up. <laughs> Yo, if Sally Fields would have come in after. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um, um, the bread throwing Zendaya yeah. completely made up That's and I was like, <laughs> that seems like such like one um MJ thing but uh, like her MJ but also a Zendaya thing of just being like throw the bread and just Andrew Garfield's reaction of just like 
What are you doing? Stop throwing the bread at me. What? Mm-hmm. Masterpiece. Peter three. <laughs> um, so do y'all think that um, there will be another, if Marvel can pull it off with Sony, another Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland? Yes. I think they already said that it's in the works, actually. See, Wait. I think that's just conjecture and rumor. Wait, another Spider movie, like another Tom Holland Spider Man movie? Another Tom another... Holland yeah. Spider Man movie. Yeah. Obviously they're gonna they're gonna do more Spider Man stuff, but like it, within like, the MCU. Aren't there like three more Spider Man movies with Tom Holland now? I think so. I feel because... like those are just rumors. But so? see, the Russo brothers came out and said that the next Iron Man, the way that they were trying to do it and like set it up, was gonna be Peter Parker. Be Tom Holland. And like Tom Holland was gonna be like the new face of Marvel and everything, like rdj and so i think that um marvel is gonna give tom holland a break because he's he deserves it and like he's also said that he wants to like take a break from stuff especially after filming uncharted um i think they're gonna give him like a year and they're gonna be like all right come on let's go we're going back to work you know um and i think that'll be when they bring everything together like when they bring all all the characters and everything to create that new team or to create the well, various groups, but they forgot who Peter Parker is, but they didn't forget Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. So like, obviously, Spider-Man. like the fact that Spider Man fought on Team Iron Man in the Civil War still still a thing. They just don't. No one knows who he is, um, and things like that. So it's possible for an Avengers team up still. Like, no, nothing different. He's yeah. still kind of like a public face of the Avengers. Um, they just don't know how to contact him because I'm sure in all their phones, he's Peter Parker. Um, yeah. And yeah. I'm also, I hope we get an explanation as to like just how Strange's spell affected people because like MJ should have had pictures of him on her phone and wondered why. Like, yeah. I wonder if it, like, I wonder like how if... much did it delete? Yeah. 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 So, Okay, so like my thinking too with the end scene of him going into the coffee shop and like talking, um, like buying the coffee and everything, like the way that she was looking at him was like one of those like I know you but I can't place it. Yeah, like there's that block, there's a wall that's blocking all the memories because she was she did say like before the spell happened, like if you don't tell me, I'm going to figure it out anyways, and then I'm going to be pissed because you made me figure it out. Um, so, like, I feel like her brain, just the way that it's wired, too, like, how she thinks and everything, like, I think it's just a, like, a, a wall, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. well, I'm she like, also was it's... wearing the Black Dahlia necklace in that scene. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's possible. I don't know that they will have her break through that, like, during the next movie. <laughs> Yeah. Um. I don't know if the, I think that Ned and MJ will take a back seat if they do a fourth one with the intention of doing a fifth one. If they don't have the intention of doing a fifth one, then I think that they'll take the fourth one. But also, mm-hmm. if they do a fourth one, I really want Ned's promise to be broken and for him to become the Hobgoblin. Oh. I would. It. It would hurt so but, bad. But but if he doesn't remember who Peter is, then he's technically not breaking his promise. Yeah. Okay. He so promised it to like Peter, knowing full well who Peter was and who that Peter was Spider Man. So like, if he becomes the Hobgoblin, he's technically not breaking the promise. You can find a little loophole. 
I don't know. I, I feel like that, that would hurt just as bad as the ending of No Way Home to see that like betrayal, especially if Ned doesn't know it's a betrayal. So but They might use it to make more feels. Yes, I could see it. Um, but and I, and I could see a whole other trilogy, but I think we'll see him in a team-up movie before we see him in a solo film. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do like the, the concept it sets up of just like he's, your, he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man again. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, I feel like you can tell a simpler Spider-Man story because all of his movies have been big, like yeah. relatively, like he's Iron Man's in the first one, like he's going international in the second one and he's going multi-dimensional in the third one. Yeah. So like, he's been a pretty big deal. So I think a small, a smaller story, either with like Scorpion, Chameleon or Craven the Hunter, uh, just as a, as a villain. Um, and then introducing like more like some of the classic characters too. Like if we get Norman or Harry Osborn in there, like this universe is, I think would be a cool story given what Peter knows too. Okay, so it's multiverse of madness that Vulture is supposed to be coming back, right? I don't. Or know. is it Morbius? It's Morbius. He's, he's Morbius. in Morbius. He's okay. in, weird. But we, yeah, that's my thing. I think <laughs> Morbius takes. Pl- I think Morbius and Venom take place in Andrew. Garfield Spider-Man universe, given That's everything we've seen. And I hope that they bring Andrew Garfield back. <clears throat> well, because... they're making a third movie for Andrew Garfield. They've said that, that he's coming back. Okay, that would be awesome, too, because it would also yeah. fit, because um, you see in the Morbius trailer that, that picture of it says Spider-Man with, like, murderer tagged yeah. over it, and we know yeah. Andrew says, I went too far. That means Spider-Man killed someone and he got blacklisted for it, and that's still evident in Morbius's like, day, and I think that uh, we'll see the the Ven- Eddie Brock's Venom, which I think take, since that movie takes place in San Francisco in the trailer, I think that's Morbius trailer. I think that's what they're referring to, is the ev- oh. the you know the incident in San Francisco, which is with the Venom symbiote. I was good. Could Morbius happen roughly the same time as Spider Man No Way Home? Because Spider-Man in theory, no, yeah. No Way Home would be. Um, Tom Holland's Peter Parker is the murderer of Mysterio and everyone having the It's not costumes. Tom Holland's Spider-Man costume though. Uh, okay. It it is either Toby Maguire's or Andrew Garfield's. I can't okay. tell because we only get it for a little bit, but my guess is it's Andrew Garfield's. Okay. So. That makes more. But I mean but, if you're if you cross universes still, like it could have been Yeah. Know. And you know, with Multiverse of Madness, there's a lot. Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home. You know, there's a lot of multiverse tra- tra- traversing, so like things can get mixed up in that way. But I think Morbius takes place in that in that universe. So um, and Venom. But going back to just the general 2021 projects, um, did y'all have like a ranking of the stuff that came out? I can list everything that was there, and if you just have a top three, that works too. But uh, so we had WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki season one, Black Widow, Marvel's What If. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Eternals, Hawkeye, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, man. I think I my secrets. Number one is definitely Spider-Man No Way Home for me. I, I agree with you. Spider-Man that, No Way Home. And then after that is when it gets fuzzy. Oh, it's a clear-cut number two for me as well, and that's WandaVision. See, my number... I mean, part of it is just because I love... Bucky slash Sebastian Stan, but also like how they set up the partnership between Falcon, um, Sam, and Bucky. And like, I'm still sitting here going, Kevin Feige, if you freaking kill him off again, 
you're gonna lose a bunch of people from the fandom uh including myself now i'll still watch marvel but i won't be as happy about it i'll be like isaac with the uh andrew garfield uh spider-man movies um but like i so like i'm torn between loki and and um Falcon and Winter Soldier for number two. Like, I like WandaVision and everything, but to me, the storyline, like, if we're talking storylines and, like, how everything works out, um, Loki and then uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier fit more with the, like, world storyline versus just, you know, her little section of Westview, New Jersey. Um, and, like, I love... I love WandaVision. Like, I love that series. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think in my brain, like, the way that it's just ranking, like, it, it technically doesn't fit in the ranking because of the storyline and how it's just so, like, pinpointed into one spot. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, all right. I did a brief ranking, but I didn't really think it. I kind of just typed it as I went. Um, I think Spider-Man No Way Home. Um Number two, I might say Loki. Um, number three would be Eternals. Four, Shang-Chi. Five, WandaVision. Six, Hawkeye. Seven, What If. Eight, Black Widow. And then nine, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Interesting. because Okay, so mine's one, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, two, um, WandaVision. Three, Eternals. Um, four, um shang chi uh five uh what if six uh hawkeye seven black widow eight falcon winter soldier nine loki <laughs> you guys put eternal so high and i have it at the bottom of my list that's all right that's all right <laughs> that's what I, I i figured eternals was low for you and i was so i'm yeah. like okay we're gonna have some of our higher ups completely switch because like i said i loved eternal I really liked Eternals. I liked I it so much. It. I saw it with Brendan. Yeah, I, we saw it. Same, I've watched it three times now. <laughs> I watched I watched Eternals more than I've watched uh, Spider Man No Way Home, which I have watched Eternals since it's come out on Disney Plus. But oh, I like I liked Eternals. I liked it, and I liked uh, Cersei and oh, Icarus. Yeah. We gotta love Icarus, our 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 king. He redeemed himself. I do admit that, but like no, he did not. Icarus did not redeem himself. No, no. I'm glad he flew into the sun. I want him to stay dead. He will not. Can we talk about how Sprite made up that story and flying too close to the sun? And how does he end his story? I I just watched a video that analyzed like more details from that movie, and like there are tons of shots where they always frame it so that the sun's right behind his head and causes a glare. And it's like five different shots throughout the whole movie. They keep showing Icarus with the sun right behind his head. And it's like, wow, as if that wasn't on the nose with his name. No, since it's come out on Disney Plus, there's been a lot of people like analyzing the crap out of the movie. Um, My favorite one has been that like the theory that like Fina has found out about the emergence before and tried to stop it. And that's why like she has, that's why she is uh, mind weary. See, and I, and like, yeah, she definitely, um, like when she killed the variant or deviant um that deviant or variant which is it gonna be um but like that was definitely like 
her mind completely she was able to control all of her memories and remember everything which is I think why it also made her stronger but I also love that um what's his name the celestial that they were following Tiamat. wait no. no no the other one Hank yeah uh, it's not Asherim Asherim thank you um that Asherim was like, oh, I made it so that you can't evolve. And, you know, we just watched the entire movie of his creatures evolving. Um, but I don't, that movie just, like, left me a little bit more confused with things that it left, like, it's not, okay. If I have to rank, like, certain geeky things, especially books, The Giver is at the absolute bottom of my list because it doesn't answer a question. The the giver that's what makes it fun is you get to answer no, the questions yeah no because great book. okay just going with the giver real quick lois lowry wrote two sequels and she doesn't answer anything and creates more questions um so i absolutely detest the giver like i liked the movie oh see i get that way about the maze runner because like it answers questions but like in a way that like doesn't really answer like it answers the question yeah. in an unsatisfactory way that makes me think yeah. it's not true maze runner wasn't as fun once they left the maze fun fact uh scorch trials were fine they death were fine, cure was weird but the death cure book was also weird um i never saw the ju- movie all right we can, have a, trials movie we, can have, we can have a book episode later all right <laughs> um but no like eternals just like i liked the storyline but also i was confused too because what I thought was going to happen from the trailer did not happen whatsoever in the movie. And then Which I was, was going like, to happen? That's, that means it's good. It yes subverted your expectations. I don't like. I just got so confused, and all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, human humanity is going to die. That's great. You know, we just survived uh, Thanos' snap to uh, come back and just be." You know my theory, right, Hope? no that thanos did the snap to stop the emergence like oh, to stop no. the celestial's plan he's he knew about it because that's his brother's eros and eros knows about the emergence so why wouldn't thanos but thanos is a little bit psycho so it was like all right i'm gonna end what? half the life in the universe to so that emergences can't happen anymore and i end the celestial's plan hey but like the other thing that confuses the crap out of me thanos isn't technically an eternal but he is the brother oh, so, of Arrow. So Thanos in the comics is an eternal uh, with a deviant gene. Okay. Uh, which they also looks like they might actually have uh, scrolls be related to deviants. Um, and that's why they can shapeshift, which means that, uh, and also in, in the, the comics, Thanos and Eros were the only two naturally born eternals. They were children of eternals which is why they're like not kind of like synthetic robots. They're like living, breathing. I mean, they're all living, breathing. Um, and so my guess is that they're actually going to play it off that he is like the child of an eternal with deviant DNA in him as well. And so he's like his own unique thing, which is why he knows of it, everything that happened. And it's kind of like why he's so against overpopulation because overpopulation is what caused well the emergence yeah, on the emergence. Titans. The other thing though is that Thanos in the comics, from what I remember from my Marvel class, uh, was that Thanos was trying to like court death 
Like, oh, yeah, no, he had no, he, he really had no interest in actually killing half the population. He was just trying to show Death how easy it was to impress her with yeah. his Infinity Gauntlet. No, yeah, he it's, wanted to bang Death. That's what, that, yeah. in the comics, that's what happened. And the best part is Death doesn't want to bang him. She wants to bang Deadpool. Deadpool. I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds. And then what that was like, to. in the original, it was like Thanos cursed Deadpool to not die so he could never be with Death. So it was a really... Oh, it's actually a really <laughs> fun storyline. <laughs> But um, no, I, I like all the questions that Eternals gave me because I like trying to think about what's going to happen. Like, the, okay, so, so for instance, we know that Nowhere is a celestial head and there's celestials in this movie and Dane Whitman is in this movie and Dane Whitman has the, the all black necro sword or not necro sword, the, the black sword or whatever it is. Um, Jon Snow, right? I'm making yes, sure. I'm, correct. Okay. And I'm like, why would those be together? And it's like, well, in the comics, nowhere the Celestial got his head cut off by the all-black Necro Sword, which is a different sword that an alien used. But I'm wondering if they're going to combine that sword with this black sword so that Dane Whitman has a sword that has the ability to kill, kill Celestials. That would and be really so cool. I'm like, I don't know. I'm excited for it. And then, well, see, and that would make sense if he's going to team up with Blade. Yeah. But like, Two here's swords. the other thing about Eternals. Like, you guys both have a ton of comic knowledge, which makes it good for you to be able to like fill in the blanks or try and fill in the blanks and like theorize like what's gonna happen. But like for me, I don't have as much comic knowledge, so I think that's part of it. Is like I can't theorize what's gonna happen. See, I enjoy googling the stuff I yeah. that left me confused afterwards. I know that's not for everyone. It's a lot of people like to leave the theater being like, okay the story is complete or at least the story will be completed in the sequel i'd like to fill in these blanks on my own and i know it's not for everyone yeah but also like you don't necessarily know what questions to ask to try and fill in the blanks and that's what youtube and cbr and ign and all of them are for and other podcasts <laughs> yeah including us that's what we're yeah. for yeah but, but you know i'm sure that there are people like all of us that eternal because eternal's got mixed reviews not just because harry styles fans went to go and try and see it just for harry styles and then got confused because they had no clue what was going on whatsoever oh, he's great though i love Star Fox. <laughs> okay but like also his hair looked red and i'm like your hair is not red in real life it is very dark brown yeah but so, eros has red hair so it yeah. it makes like sense. that's not see um, the harry styles fans that went to go see eternals annoyed me because i sat near some of the theaters and i'm like why are you here like this is not a harry styles movie he's in it for three minutes just watch the yeah. clip on youtube yep but you know it's because they want to go support him it's like sebastian stan's mom going and watching black panther because she thought that he was in it and then left before his end credit scene um i got really annoyed because <laughs> her son wasn't actually in it Aww. um but no i i mean i agree that harry styles fans can be very annoying um oh it's not even that they can be annoying they can love him all they want i just don't yeah. i'm here to enjoy the thing i like please don't ruin uh -huh. my experience yeah no no i i totally agree um but yeah it was just like hearing some people talk in one of my classes last semester too like when eternal came out and they were like but it's just because harry styles is in it. i'm like then why are you going to see it okay just like he's not actually in it you didn't know he was in it until last week yeah like mm -hmm. leave it alone i mean that could be a ploy for marvel to sell more tickets too so also as as brendan and i talked in in our in our previous episode Star Fox has a lot 
Um, so he has a, an ability to change basically the hormones and sensual feelings of people to make them almost hit their pleasure spots and to like like him. And because of that, the character has a lot of uh, like allegations and sexual harassment cases against him often in the comics. Or sometimes he gets accused of it and it's not that. And so we're like, we had, he, they had to get someone that's like, that people couldn't be mad at for being like a perv. And it's like oh, yeah. Harry Styles. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and knowing that Marvel went to Harry Styles and was like, so this thing, you, you can do it, right? Like, he didn't audition or anything. It was just, there you yeah. go. Yeah, it was a good casting choice for sure. He oh, looks yeah. great. So. But anyway, so that, that was 2021 Marvel. Now, looking forward, 2022 Marvel, um, while having less planned for it, um, still looks like very exciting and very good and has a lot of things that I'm looking forward to. So on, um, on, on the docket, let's say we've got Moon Knight, which just got a trailer release uh, on, on the 30th of March, um, shortly followed by Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So Moon Knight, um, so what I've heard is the theory, it has not been confirmed yet, is that the Obi-Wan Kenobi series will be releasing on May the 4th. What sounds about right. Um, so Moon Knight, if the if they take the like typical like Marvel show schedule, they'll release the first two episodes on March thirtieth, so that it's done by the end of April. And then after that, May fourth, we get Obi Wan Kenobi, and then May sixth, we get Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. So like March, April, May is going to be super fun. Oh, it's going to be so good. Um, but then following that, we've got Thor: Love and Thunder in July. Uh, Black Panther, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, um, on November 11th, um, and then we have She-Hulk is the first show after Moon Knight, followed by Miss Marvel, and then hopefully Secret Invasion it gets released this year. Uh, fingers crossed that could have the same time slot that Hawkeye had this year, um, and then the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special will be releasing um, in December of 2022. So, and what if season two comes out this year? Is that confirmed? According Loki... to the the list that I have, it's coming out this year. But because I I haven't heard that. I've also heard Loki season two is supposed to come out twenty twenty three around the same same time as Ant Man Quantum Mania, but that also hasn't been confirmed. That's just speculation. Well, I'm sure it's easier to get people into a studio, like so that they can like singularly record their voices for an animated show, and then just have the uh, tech people go and create all the characters and stuff than it is to film with actual live people right now. Yeah, that's fine. Um, going to what I'm most excited for, it is between two things, Thor, Love and Thunder, and uh, She-Hulk are my two. Good choices, good choices. I will piggyback off that. Because my favorite is also Thor Love and Thunder. Um, ever since seeing Ragnarok, uh, I've been super excited for what was going to follow after everything. Um, I'm really ex- like, I just, the vibes of Thor Love and Thunder look so fun. Uh, Jane's going to be back. Um, uh, Gore the God Butcher is going to be in it. And he's the one that has the Necro Sword that can kill uh, things in the comics. So I'm curious to see what they do there. But he kills gods and Thor's in that movie and Thor's a god so but that's dangerous I'm pretty excited for that well also Hercules is supposed to be in this movie so yeah 
of the comic Hercules, like, which is really darn close to the Greek mythological character. Disney Hercules actually is going to be in it. Oh, yes, it's the animated say, version. I was going to say, technically, the Greek version is Heracles. Uh, it's the, the Roman, Roman version, version that's Hercules. So. Hercules. Yes. So um, I, I was a little conflicted on choosing my, what I'm looking forward to the most. I am looking forward to Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, but I have some drawbacks because of some of the things. Like, I feel like Multiverse of Madness is the, where, where Marvel is trying to one-up Endgame. And I don't know if that can be done. Like, I think you can, it, it's completely possible to make a better movie than Endgame. However, like, by one-upping Endgame, I mean, like, they're trying to put more characters in, trying to do more, like, crazy big stuff. And I feel like it's dangerous. Obviously, it can be, it can be exceptional. I had the same fears for Spider-Man No Way Home, and they pulled that off without a cinch. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is probably the movie I'm most excited for. And just the piece I'm most excited for. It was Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, but after uh, the death of Chadwick Boseman and the controversy surrounding Letitia Wright and uh, her injuries and then um, conflicts with the produ- with the production team. Um, I-, I need a little more information before I get as excited about that as I was before. Um, but then I'm really excited for the Miss Marvel TV show. Um, after seeing like the, the like interviews with who they cast as Kamala Khan, um, yeah. I really like Miss Marvel. Um, especially like the Kamala Khan version, um, because have, have either of you played Marvel's Avengers by Square Enix? I, they did they did her character a lot of justice in the game. I thought it was really fun, um, and I want to see that in a TV show. And I really want to see the visual effects they use for her powers. Um, yeah, I'm curious about that. And I, I mean, I'm also excited for the Marvels that's coming out in 2023, but that's going to be her and Carol interacting so i'm i'm excited because that's a fun comic book dynamic like that we see on the page uh and i'm excited to uh to see that play out uh, on the big screen um in response to you being excited about black panther um so there were a couple different things that i've seen come out so one being that chadwick boseman's brother wants him to be recast because he thinks that it'll um like his brother would have wanted Chadwick Boseman would have wanted the child to be recast, but also like that there is there they could do a storyline of like, oh, T'Challa has a kid that he doesn't know about, and that kid is like, I want to find my dad, and you know, comes to Wakanda and ends up becoming Black Panther. See, um, if if that is what like Chadwick Boseman's brother has said, like I feel like Marvel can take that into consideration. Um, but I think for this film, what I've been hearing um, is that um, they might put Mbaku as the as the Black Panther, um, and as the and I think that'd be a good choice. Like they gave him character development throughout the first Black Panther movie. Right. He was in Infinity War and Endgame, um, and since both Shuri and T'Challa got dusted, someone would have had to step up and be the leader of Wakanda in that five years. Someone to coordinate with the Avengers, someone to, you know, be the lead diplomat, like someone to be the Black Panther and the King of Wakanda. And I think Mbaku was the only person besides Okoye. And I don't Okoye, know if Okoye, yeah. as the leader of the Dramalaje, can do that. So yeah. I, I think Mbaku as Black Panther would work, would not be upset with Okoye taking the mantle of Black Panther, who also has enough character development. And it might make sense given... Um, uh, both the scenes we've gotten in Shang-Chi and in Endgame that Okoye seems to be the liaison to the Avengers mm-hmm. um, from Wakanda, not M'Baku. So I think 
they could just give Mbaku a stronger role and have him kind of like step in, not as the leader of the Goromalaje, but as like an advisor to Okoye as the Black Panther and just say, you know, Shirdi's off doing other things and T'Challa, after being dusted, took like a journey of self-discovery and just isn't in Wakanda right now. Like you, you can play it off that way and then you can delay the idea of T'Challa not being there anymore and it, the d- decision to recast T'Challa for a later film later in the MCU, if there well, there is that controversy. So the other thing with recasting Black Panther is like Marvel said that they weren't gonna do it in Earth six one six or whatever that you know yeah. they are currently operating in. Um, but like if you break the multiverse, there could be know, another Doctor T'Challa. Strange. Yeah, they could technically recast that way too, and just mm-hmm. keep him on the main earth whichever it is but yeah and i don't think they do that like t'challa having a son like happens in the comics um or having a is, isaac do you remember does he have a son or a daughter i don't know off the top of my head i know that a lot of different comics he does different stuff yeah he marries storm in the comics which is mm-hmm. a power couple if you ask me hell yeah but um i think just given what we know about this he's like that universe is T'Challa. I think he'd be too young to have a child that would be old enough, even after like the five years of the blip, to yeah. to be the Black Panther. Also, you saw how awkward he was trying to talk to the girl he had a crush on. You know that he's not gonna get <laughs> <laughs> a drunk T'Challa. Maybe he'd Ooh. have a more it's a little more suave. We yeah. haven't seen her since Black Panther either. No, yeah. we haven't. <clears throat> spy girl whose name escapes me. Nakia? Yeah. yeah. Nakia? I believe so. Yeah. She was the one in charge of like taking care of the flowers, right? That like created the Black Panther or whatever? No. No, she um, was no. in charge of like undercover. She was stuff. not a part of like the Wakandan society oh, at the beginning okay. of Black Panther. She got, had gone off on her own and um, T'Challa brought her back for her for his dad's funeral. Gotcha. But yeah, I think so. So that's that's my thoughts on 2022. Uh, what do you think of the Moon Knight trailer? I'm so excited for the Moon Knight trailer. I love Oscar Isaac, um, but also I love Moonlight. Moon, Moonlight. Moonlight by A24 <laughs> Productions is a fantastic <laughs> movie. Um, it is rated R, though. So, uh, But no, Moon Knight, I'm, like, he's such a great character, and I love that they're going to follow... Uh, uh, it's going to be a very, like... Uh, mental uh psychological stuff going on because because in the comics moon knight often has uh multiple personalities and it looks like that's what they're probably going to go here like just based on the stuff in the trailer like that he has because he says he doesn't know the difference between dreaming and being awake and it's probably because he has different personalities and when one's under he is it's like he's dreaming and then when he comes back and so yeah that's my take but Mm-hmm. I, I'm super excited. The costume, it looks very Egyptian. Mm-hmm. And I'm all right with that. I'm also I'm I'm very excited for the movie uh not movie, TV show. Um I mean it looks weirdly dark. Like I, yeah. I don't know yes. 2022's well, project only comes out at night. Well, you know what I mean. Like you had like the winter yeah. mission, you had the like you have the the night mission at the beginning of Winter Soldier. That doesn't look dark. That just looks like yeah. like an action scene. This looks like it might be like I mean, same with the trailer for Multiverse of Madness. It, it happens during the daytime with Wanda, but that still seems like sinister. 
So I'm, yeah. I'm getting a lot of these darker vibes for the first half of 2022 Marvel, and I'm kind of digging it. Well, I mean, we're growing about, up with our franchise. Yeah, think about uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, you could, if you wanted to go with different things, but like, depending on when you saw it, too, you know, if you saw that at the beginning of this year instead of in December of last year, um, if you're not good at remembering dates like me, that you're thinking of, um, you know, that if No Way Home was a 2022, if I could finish saying this sentence, wow, um, that like it was already a darker theme with the whole Peter Parker having to say, no, erase the memory of everyone, everyone knowing me and like May dying with how dark that was too. And yeah, um, yeah I, would, I would say that honestly, Spider-Man No Way Home probably started off the darkness really. So it makes sense if like they continue it through the beginning of 2022 and then start to make it a little lighter, but. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I definitely think like, and they, Isaac, like you said of um, about like his um, having multiple personalities in the comics, like that the mental health aspect of that is not like something that you toy with in like a light comedic, like you, you weren't going to talk about schizophrenia yeah. or uh, multiple personality disorder in Hawkeye like yeah um you Very had lucky the pizza dog um in hawkeye and delena catching a bottle of hot sauce and going hi yep. <laughs> one mac and cheese <laughs> but like i don't know i i'm i'm, I'm excited yeah. for the tone shift and i like how they reference the multiple personalities like by name like the comic <laughs> ones in the trailer both Stephen yeah. Grant, which is his like weird like billionaire personality in the comics i believe yeah and, yep. then, and then mark the, uh, who mark is his original Spectre. Yeah, Mark Spector, his original identity. And then I also that... find it interesting that they have Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Like, a notable actor, but, like, also, most people of our generation haven't really ever seen anything with Ethan Hawke in it, at least not to my knowledge. But, like, he's been in stuff, but he's not really, like, an actor of our generation or anything. I but mean, he's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Ethan Hawke, whose daughter is uh, the girl in Stranger Things uh, season three. Uh, but did you Maya see Hawk. that? Maya Hawke, yes. That the actor, uh, the French actor Gaspard Ulliel yeah. just passed away uh, yesterday. Yeah. Hmm. Um, he, it was a skiing accident. A skiing accident, which sounds awful. But he was going to play. Uh, oh, I forgot who he was going to play um it was the rival of moon yeah Night, Which, right? i mean like i mean he he filmed i think it already yeah yeah um, he filmed it yeah but... midnight man yeah um i just remember seeing him on a commercial for a perfume and uh oh, I don't know, that's why sad. i know him yep yeah and it was like it sounded like it was a freak accident too because i don't i think the way that i read it is that like he collided with another skier and then just like the way that they collided had such traumatic brain injuries and stuff that even going to the hospital and you know being airlifted out like it just oh that's really sad but you know to know that he's going to be part of a legacy though too of, of marvel like he's he's in this legacy now you know that's gonna yeah you know like uh he that's Ledger... always a weird situation though 
like posthumously yeah. really like releasing something that someone's been in after they've died mm -hmm. so yeah but um one of the things that i've like kind of liked about moon knight um i know i've been a big batman fan um but one of the issues i take with batman is like he kind of takes this moral high ground but like he just kind of beats up poor people uh for a living because most of the most of the goons he fights are not wealthy businessmen like uh like black mask it's the it's the underlings that he's fighting and putting in the hospital uh which is one of the problems with batman but while yeah. moon knight is a vigilante that's not Matt, moon knight's not like this big moon knight first of all never claims to be morally upright at all no he's um, rips he's he's cut someone's face off before yeah no there's like so but also moon knight always doesn't always go after the underlings either because of this multiple like personality thing he kind of shifts between like he doesn't do it on purpose as far as i understand the character but like it just kind of, he kind of moves in between personalities as they best fit the situations he needs. Yeah. Um, but I also love the imagery in the trailer that kind of mirrors like the Batman, like at the very end where he like leaps over the roof and you got the cape billowing and he's like going across. Uh, it's very cool. Yeah, I'm so excited for it. Ugh. March 30th, not that far off. I honestly thought we were gonna have to wait for summer for Moon Knight, but it's gonna help us through summer to get yeah. to summer. <laughs> Well, yeah. to get, yeah, to get to Doctor Strange, because I'm going to be, also. I guess, I've got Book of Boba Fett right now, so I don't need something Marvel, but once that's done. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking uh, of, you know, Star Wars, that Jason, no, not Jason Isaacs, that's the wrong person. Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Oscar has uh, also been in, along with, you know, X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. He's played an, another Egyptian-based uh, hero. He played yeah. Apocalypse. Um, although that was a waste of Oscar Isaacs because he has a wonderful face and they decided to cover <laughs> it with a bunch of makeup. Um, but uh, I'm actually, what I really want is a team up of, of Blade, Black Knight, Dane Whitman, Moon Knight, and if possible, Daredevil. I think that would be one of the coolest team ups of all time. If not Daredevil, I understand, but like the other three, I feel like kind of make a lot of sense together. Um, mm -hmm. If you put Daredevil in there, I think that would be such a cool like. Daredevil would be weird, but I get why you put him in there. Just because his yeah. villains normally aren't like mythical the way that Blades, uh, Black Knights, and does Black Knight have villains? Because he's been a villain. Yeah, he's got villains. Um, they're usually King Arthur themed. Um, you know, like how it always is. But uh, yeah, he's been a villain. Uh, and he's also is a hero, and yeah, he's got he's got villains. Nice. He's got comic strips. They're not as big. Yeah. But... Yeah. Well, uh, well, that's that's Marvel. Where I'm I'm ready for it. I like where it's been. I like where it's going. So, um, as always, here on Raving Geeks, uh, we like to end with some recommendations for our viewers, whether that be movies, video games, comics, or anything else geeky. So, uh, what have y'all got to to share for us this week? Um, I'm gonna recommend the. Uh, X-Men trilogy that's the that starts with First Class it's a trilogy yeah First Class Apocalypse Dark Phoenix no and then there's also no. Days of Future Past Days so it's Future actually Past. four um, but I'm going to recommend that just because Jason Isaacs you can see him in the Marvel Oscar Isaacs Oscar Isaac. why do I keep saying Jason Isaacs Jason Isaacs played Lucius Malfoy, Lucius Malfoy <laughs> and also he played Hook and he also in... played uh, General Zhao in uh in uh, I have to yeah. yeah, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> uh, as 
apocalypse and like being a villain and everything like he did honestly even though they covered up his face they pulled a Hayden Christensen with uh as Darth Vader um but you know they he does a really good job with it and like he's a phenomenal actor but I feel like you also if you haven't seen the movies prior to that one you might be a little bit confused as to what's happening in that x-men universe um so that's why i say watch them those four in order so yeah those are mine um my recommendations of course i'm gonna recommend um critical role which i talked about in the opening um i have been uh i've had a lot of downtime lately and so i have been actually re-watching it it's on um youtube um there's three campaigns and like each episode is like three to four hours long so it's a lot and you can even listen to it you don't have to watch it because they do such a good job matt does such a good job at being the dm and talking that you, he helps you visualize it so i'll listen to it while i drive as i drive back and forth uh to my internship in saginaw um but uh i really like it and it's really good uh like i said three campaigns they're currently doing the third campaign I'm watching the first campaign and there's like a hundred episodes and hundred episodes. Each one's like four hours long. It's a lot of content. It's a big world to get into, but it's really good. Um, so that's what I recommend this week. Nice. Um, well, I, I, I have a couple recommendations. First one, um, if you've watched um, Star Wars, the Clone Wars and finish up season five and go like, Hey, whatever happened to Darth Maul? Uh, there's a comic for that. Uh, it's called the son of Dothamir. Um, highly recommend there's a couple uh, issues of it it's really good um, of course like anything that revolves around Maul um, and it kind of shows what happens between season five and season seven of Clone Wars um, I also recommend I'm currently watching Stargirl season two from uh, the CW um, it didn't get a whole lot of like great reviews but I think it's been entertaining so far like again probably not the best CW production but like not the reason they're not breaking even um in my opinion um and then uh was that it i think that was all yeah that's all i've got to uh to recommend today so uh that's all we have for y'all today thank you for joining us here on raving geeks uh make sure you leave a comment wherever you're listening from uh we'd love to hear from you uh whether what we talked about today what we were going to talk about in the future and what we've talked about in the past uh whatever you want to uh shout out at us on uh you can talk to us on uh social media on facebook or twitter at raving geeks as well as on tiktok um and as always i've been brendan valentine alongside my fellow co-hosts hope good earl and i'm isaac hunter right here that's me. <laughs> Stay geeky and have a great week, y'all. So long. Adios. Bye.